Hey, beautiful listeners, this is the HEA Book Club, and I'm indie romance author Samurai Tool. With me is my best friend Kelsey as we chat, laugh, and swoon over fictional men with often questionable morals. If you want to become part of the podcast creation process, go to battleofthetropes.com and you can help support our podcast while also voting in which topics we cover next month. Again, that's battleofthetropes.com, and this is the HEA Book Club. Hello and welcome to the HEA Book Club. I'm Samra O'Toole. I'm a romance author. With me is my best friend and co-host, Kelsey. Hello, everyone. And our special guest for this episode is Bonnie from Bon Reviews Books. Hi, everyone. And today we are doing bully romances. We have a little surprise for Kelsey. Bonnie read Royals of Forsyth, the Lord's books, for this episode. You know, some people, some people like want to be known for, I don't know, like a good heart, generosity, maybe being like talented. I want to be known for how many people I bully into reading this series. <laughs> how many bully into reading this bully series, just to really emphasize that. Yeah. I did not know surprised. that Kelsey didn't know about this. <laughs> no surprise. I give summer crap all the time because it's all <laughs> she talks about. And I'm like, we need something new. Like we need, we need a fresh something. I'm like, I'm just so excited. I am genuinely free both. Although I will sit here quietly because I cannot really participate. I am still happy for you. <laughs> but we're going to be talking about like, I've, I read a different book. I did. Are you going to talk did about I- did I finish it? No. But did I get to the infamous like steam room DP scene? Also, yes. Wait, what, what are you reading? Corrupt. I thought so. I was like, I know it's going to be corrupt. I haven't read that series yet. Yeah. It was good. But before all of that, Weekly Hots. Kelsey? Yes. So tis the season for busy schedules both in my work and with, as we know, Mr. EMT, busy, busy schedule as per usual, but just extra crazy right now. He texted me the other day and he was like, hey, like I'm gonna be in town early, can I stop by? And I'm like, yeah, great. Like what a great way to end my work day. We both had something starting at four. So he was coming over for like an hour. I literally opened up my door at three o'clock, man barges in and just immediately starts making out with me. And I was like, oh, Okay. Well, hello to you too. I see how we're, see how we're, I don't know, treating this interaction with one another. Yeah. And lo and behold, neither of us made four o'clock with our, the things that we need to do. Time (laughs) pushed back a little bit, but it was, it was a, it was a fun time. It was unexpected. I remember just, there was a moment where I was like, all right, let me just like mentally shift gears here. Cause like I was still in work mode. I was thinking that we were just gonna be like chatting, hanging out. Like, no, like the man was eating me out. And I was like, wow, I should not be thinking about work right now. <laughs> like I just think it, it just such is the way that my brain works. And I know a lot of people have this problem too. Like when there's no heads up, which can be very fun, but also like, it just takes me a minute to just switch gears. So I just, I had to switch gears for a second there, but very happy. He's welcome to come by any time and do that. I just, it was good. It was fun, huh? Love this for you. 
Thank you. I love it for me too. <laughs> Kelsey texted me and was like, did I tell you how Mr. EMT showed up and attacked me with sex? <laughs> I was like, can't wait to hear more. <laughs> Every detail. <laughs> okay, so I was going to say my, it's not like hot exactly, but it was like, it did make me very excited. My husband like ordered a box of wine for us from where we just were in Italy from like this small farm that we had like a meal at. And literally like the wine is made by this guy and his brother and it's, they like labeled it the name after his son. And it's literally like a white label that you get at like Staples that says like Luciano or something. I forget what his name is. And he ordered like an entire box of this like small batch wine. And he was like, as a surprise, I had no idea it was coming. So I'm carrying it up like three flights of stairs in our apartment in Brooklyn. And I'm like, what the hell is this? And why it's from Italy? I'm like, what is it? So we opened it and he was like, this is so that we can start our wine collection in our new home. Cause we're, we just sold our house. So he was like, oh we're gonna have wine. Yeah. Cause like we're moving out of a one bedroom apartment and we don't have like any room for anything. And he's like really into wine. So he was like, I want to start this together. And I thought we could start it with like the wine we drank in Italy. And I was like, stop it. That is so cute. <laughs> so not like hot, hot, but like. I am warmed up from my, yeah. my head right now. Fire over here. And then, you know, I also read the group scene with Tristan, Killian, and Story in <laughs> and that was really hot so I mean that spiked it up a little last night <laughs> it's the balance of things my weekly hot is also kind of like something sort of sweet I was this is so like tangentially related is tangentially a word I feel like I used a lot it is with you I don't think it's an actual word but I think it's very accurate for your life so we're using it I don't know what that means, and I'm not sure it's a compliment, but that's okay. Stories. They're just, they're like tangents, and it's, we, we ride through it together. You know I love your storytelling. I always have. It's why we're friends. <laughs> One of the many reasons. Anywho, so this is very tangentially, like, related, but Gabby had a work event where it was a soft opening for a restaurant that her firm designed. So everybody went out and they brought their people and one of the, one of her coworkers, brother-in-law and his wife were in town. So her husband's brothers, that's kind of irrelevant. Basically there were like two new people at the table who we'd never met before. And somebody like asked like, oh, what do you guys do? And he, the brother-in-law started like explaining how he used to work for Home Depot and was doing some sort of like engineering with them. And then when the pandemic happened, they went remote and he moved across the country and they were like, oh, we're actually going to start going back into the office three days a week. Obviously flying cross country every week isn't very practical. Maybe I'm just going to start my own thing. I'm going to like do my own consulting thing. And he was talking about how much like he loves it and how like he's so passionate about the different projects and he feels like he's finally like doing something that like challenges him that he enjoys and he's very religious about taking Wednesdays off so he can go hiking like in the middle of the week and he's just like loving life 
and the entire time his wife was just like looking at him like he was like god himself and it was so sweet because you could just like see how excited he was and like how proud of him she was and I was just like I'm witnessing true love <laughs> so cute that's the best. Really I love all this wholesomeness. You know. <laughs> and on that note, let's talk about guys who are really <laughs> mean. <laughs> on purpose and sex involved. Let's definitely talk about that. Kelsey, I want to hear about your book first because you did not like it. I did not. I wasn't like expecting you necessarily to thrive in this genre. <laughs> I'm curious what you did end up reading and how that went. Okay, so I ended up reading. Please hold while I once again try to learn how to use a Kindle about this book. Okay, we got there. I read Savage Kings, a dark bully romance, Savages of Kingsworth, book one by L.M. Harrison. It has a lot of like five-star reviews. Like it has 264 reviews on Kindle Unlimited and there's four and a half stars. So I'm like, wow, this is a banger of a book, especially yeah. the other ones that I was like scrolling through. And I was like being optimistic. I said, okay, it's the first book in the series. If I like it, I'll continue. Great. I did not like it. Truth. Truth be told, the series will not be continuing. It even ended on like a fierce cliffhanger. And I was like, I give zero fucks. Like that's how much I didn't need to read this book. <laughs> this is a personal problem. I will still tell you all about the book. <sighs> Understand the appeal. I was reading through it. I Once I decided that it wasn't for me, I was like, I'll take it from a scientific approach. Okay, like I'll still, I'll do my due diligence. I will see it through. It starts with this woman. She basically, she takes a video of these three guys at a gas station who are harassing her sister. And she is underneath her sister's, she lives with her sister. Mom's not in the picture. Dad's not in the picture. Like really broken family situation. So they're like, they're scrappy. They fight for themselves. These three guys were harassing her sister and were basically like, we'll pay you to dance for us, blah, blah, blah. So like this girl, she comes up pause will I remember what her name is hold on guys (laughs) and it's really gonna kill me the fact that I keep calling her a girl so hold on no but like the amnesia experience while reading a book and I'm like wait what are their names I started reading an Elizabeth Stevens book yesterday and I've been trying to read it too like slow because I could have finished it yesterday and I'm that's where my heart is right now okay but nevertheless her name is Grace So Grace is making a video of these three guys who are like, hey, like, will you dance for us? And they're like not giving the sister any space. So Grace comes storming up with her taser, like pure adrenaline and is like, get out of the way, go away, like stop all these things. And they're like, you're just jealous because we didn't ask you to dance. Like you're not pretty enough. Like they are already beating her up. Okay. Three stunning human beings, stunning men. Ugh. Okay, so they are still, (laughs) I'm really trying to not be biased, but I can't. Okay, so they are still harassing the sibling and she realizes that the the, like pepper spray scenario isn't working. So she starts filming 
that gets them to leave. And that night after her sister is like, you're so stupid, blah, blah, blah. Like you shouldn't, she was like, she left her nephew alone. I don't know. Sister's mad. Sister's frustrated with the fact that younger sister's living with her, that Grace is living with her. Nevertheless, Grace uploads a video to TikTok and it blows up. And it turns out that these three guys, they are like the kings of this high school. Summer, how did I not realize that this was a high school? I don't know. What's, read me the title of the series. Okay. Savage Kings, A Dark Bully Romance, Savages of Kingsworth, book one. And then the like opening definition or excerpt or whatever is three beautiful cruel boys rule Kingsworth and I'm the girl who almost ruined them. So I was I was really hoping for a college scenario, I think. I'm yeah. Prep, like I'm I'm thinking college. Bonnie, I have an high school as I teach high school. Okay. I was going to say a lot of people have a problem with high school. So I, it's not unheard of. I totally get that. Yeah. It's just, I, it's just not for me. <laughs> this book was stacked up against me, you guys. It really was. Okay. So she ends up being, here's our first bullying scenario. She ends up being bullied into attending Kingsworth prep or whatever the heck the school is called because by like some some one of the like hot guys is like attorneys because they want to be able to handle the scenario they want to be able to handle the narrative and they're like oh like you tried to get into Kingsworth but you were denied like we'll let you in and we'll pay for everything oh and by the way we also own the house that your sister rents so if you don't want her to be out on her ass like you better take this scholarship and they don't describe it to the sister that way. The older sister, the older sister just sees it as like this really awesome opportunity while in reality, Grace is being threatened with the fact that like everyone's going to be homeless unless she takes this beautiful opportunity to go hang out at the school where literally everyone already hates her via social media because these three guys are like untouchable. Like they are literally called like the untouchable boys. Like they're, they live in, a, like it's fucking ridiculous. So she goes to the school she ends up being escorted there by one of the three hot guys. I could name them. Ezra, Bellamy, and Dash. They have, they have like wealthy names. I'm pretty sure Bellamy is usually a woman's name. Really? I, I like think Ezra so. is vice versa. I feel like Ezra I think is very troll. The only other time I've heard Bellamy, did you watch the show The 100? Yes. That's the only time I've ever heard that name and it's a guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, Bellamy in the 100 and Miss Bellamy, similar. Maybe they're, oh, like, maybe they're into it. Yeah. Into it. Okay. Anyway. For some reason, for some reason, I feel like Millie from Scandal, mm-hmm. the actress's name is Bellamy. You're going to be Googling that immediately. <laughs> I saw your shoulders hunch up like you were getting here. <laughs> Please, please inform us. Sorry, you can continue. I'll mute myself. (laughs) So she arrives at the school. She's escorted by one of the three hot guys, Ezra, Bellamy, Dash. I can't remember which one, just to be perfectly honest. She's escorted by one of them. She gets dropped off at the wrong dorm. She then has to hike her ass across the school with her meager belongings, as they describe it. She meets someone along the way who like slowly becomes a friend. And she's very shocked by that because so far everyone's just been straightening to her like slut or like nothing nice is said to her. Like you're out here on like food stamps, like you're a handout, nothing nice. 
to her dorm and spray painted in red on the wall is basically like go home whore. Like no one wants you here. Something terrible. So her new friend and her, they end up like cleaning it up. And she's like, is, I mean, like, okay, Grace is proud. And she's like, I'm not going to tell anyone about this, but she's also like, there's literally magic erasers for this exact purpose, like down the hall. She's like, this shit must happen a lot. And it does. There is like zero parental involvement or teacher involvement on the entire campus, which I suppose works for the vibe, but like, there is no authority. Like the authority is Dash, Ezra, and Bellamy. They are the authority. Fucking ridiculous. Go for it, Summer. A side note on Bellamy, it's not Millie, it's Melly, but the actress is Bellamy. Okay. So I got one of the names right. I'm happy for you. It's a good feeling. <laughs> it is. It is. I can remember names. I can't remember names. I'm proud of you. That's a cool, it's a cool like thing that your brain does. Thanks. My brain does it. <laughs> First day of school. Let's just keep fast forwarding. First day okay. of school, everyone is still terrible to her. There's certain people who like totally in particular hate her. And she keeps hearing these rumors where they're basically like, she's been the one who's been chosen. And like these guys have been nothing but like dirt mean to her. But also they're like, everyone's kind of telling her like the whispers are she's been the chosen one for the year. Like she's their plaything, And she's like, fuck all up on their plaything. She's like, these guys are just bullying me and they're assholes and nothing good is happening from this. So slowly but surely feelings start to shift. She's confused when she's sexually attracted, when anyone's like, you know, choking her out in the bathroom after she cussed her out in public. And she's like, well, brain, shut up, like body stop. And he then- Wait, after she did what in public? She cussed him out in class or like basically like called him out in class. And then after class, he- basically took her by the neck down the hall into a bathroom and like locked the door and then like choked her out. And she was very turned on by it. And she kept telling her brain to like stop it and her body to like stop it. And whatever hot guy it was, Ezra Bellamy, et cetera, they were like, you're super turned on right now. And she's like, it's just a biological response. And this is what she continues to say for a while because he then like rips off her panties and like goes to town and basically gives her an orgasm and she's like, what's happening? <laughs> so she slowly but surely continues to have interactions with all three guys. There's some possessiveness. There's some like, like Dash has her first and she's like kind of like owned by Dash, but then slowly but surely like Ezra and Bellamy have their moments to shine with her. And then she slowly but surely finds out that in order to like whenever one of the guys likes one like a girl the other two guys try to like fuck her and like mess with her and then depending on the girl's response so like depending on grace's response that got like then they're deemed worthy or not so like (laughs) both three of us were friends and summer liked gabby this is terrible i can't actually use that analogy three three people are friends okay thank you (laughs) Yeah, I was gonna say, hold on, backtrack, cannot. Three people are friends, and the two friends decide to just fuck whoever that third person is into to test their loyalty. What the fuck? <laughs> and also, it's very forceful. Like, there's a whole lot of, like, dubious consent. Dubious consent is for sure occurring here. Mm-hmm. All right, so things happen. A lot of sex keeps happening. 
a lot of random encounters, a lot of bullying. Like she is still continuously heavily bullied and she's continuously heavily bullied by these three guys in public, but in private, very different. And Mm -hmm. she's like, I need to stop like getting involved with them. Like nothing ever turns out well, but she's falling for them. They're falling for her. It ends in a big cliffhanger. It's it's like a two-parter situation. I don't know, you guys. I just it 20% in, I was like, I just can't get behind it. I don't know what it was. Okay. Was it the writing or was it the bullying? Was it the high school? It was the bullying. I think it was okay. in the high school. And the severity of it, I just think was like so outlandish to me that I just couldn't fathom. And I think that's where the high school became an issue for me. I'm like, these are high schoolers. Half of them are living on campus. Half of them are rich and living off campus, but like within a stone's throw. They have private chefs, but like no one is doing anything. No one's mm-hmm. doing anything. And this girl's literally being harassed every single day and beat up. And she was almost gang raped. Like all these things were happening and no one watched. And I'm like, I just can't at that point. Did they, did they beat her up? The three guys never did outside of a sexual sense. Like they were, they were only ever just like rough with her sexually. They never actually beat her up. She was beat up by other people in the school because other people in the school thought that they would get on the good side of these three guys if they continued to bully her. But really, she turned into their plaything. And then I bet the boys did not like other people bullying her. No, once they like fully claimed her, they were very mad when other people got involved. Classic. Yeah, classic, very much like a flip of a script of like, oh, everyone's allowed to bully her and now no one is. And okay. know how much I love reverse hair like I'm like why choose for sure I'm all about it I just wish there wasn't so much blackmail and corruptness and skeeviness involved and murder there was there's some murder somewhere I think you'd really love this book (laughs) there's murder there's a a lot of dark elements you should read it okay it's noted if you had to pick like if there was if there was like one scene or one redeeming factor that you could pull out and be like if this wasn't something else i would have liked it was there anything like that or was it not not for not for you at all the writing was good the writing was good mm-hmm. the sex scenes were they were fine like they were good there were moments where i was like am i attracted to this and i was like no i'm not probably because I just couldn't get past the high school and the bullying because I'd like be into it for a second. And then one of the guys would go alpha and like not a cute way and would like basically like bully her while they were having sex. And I was like, I just can't get behind that while you're having sex. Mm-hmm. Like you're obviously into her. I just think that there's a difference between like dirty talking and being like, you're my dirty little slut versus like you're ruining my fucking life and you're a whore and you're just a terrible human being which is what they would tell her as they were having sex with her <laughs> that's just like a that's a couple steps too far for me like, in I, high school <laughs> in high school thank you bonnie in fucking high school what can and i just kept thinking just me being a teacher like her poor emotional damage like this girl's gonna be in therapy her whole life <laughs> fucking life 
not that she can afford it, but she needs to be. Someone like, why doesn't she go to the school counselor and at least talk about some of her shit? She's got baggage. <laughs> I have so badly wanted to create a series where like, but I'm like not good at the acting part. I feel like on TikTok where people do like skits of just like dark romance, heroines going to therapy. And I tried to do it. I never posted the video, but I like tried to do it after I read Credence and just have it slowly be revealed throughout the skit, like that she was sleeping with her cousin, her step cousins, and her step uncle. And the therapist slowly being like, wait a sec, wait, they're related to you? No, certain. she's like, no, it's fine. She's like, mm, no, like mean girls moment. Like that's not, that's not how that works. Oh my God, you need to do that. I I'm not good at these like, Kids. but I'll, I'll try I don't know we'll see I love that even if you could like maybe you're the therapist and someone else is like the girl I don't know like you could like duo with someone yeah that's such a fun concept though because they all need to be in therapy yes have you guys seen the things where it's like describe like describe your like what your job is like poorly poorly describe your job that's the sentence where somebody will be like I play around on the computer all day or like and they're like a software engineer or somebody else does like quality control or something and they're like I get paid to make mistakes I've never seen honestly I saw one reel (laughs) so I just assume that's a trend but I feel like that'd be so funny for like some of these books, like Kelsey's could be like, I tried to tase these guys and instead they gave me a scholarship and then- <laughs> And then like, fucked me whenever they decided to, not a whim. And I could never go to my school counselor. Oh, and we were 18. <laughs> we weren't even 18. I'm telling you, they never once no, mentioned in the book. No, <laughs> Abort, abort. They didn't mention ages, and I'm sure that that was intentional. Mm-hmm. I think everyone was a senior. Everyone was a senior. So maybe they were implying that everyone's 18 because everyone was a senior. But not everyone's a senior in the oh. book. And like who they were fucking last year certainly wasn't a senior. Who their plaything was last year, and they've had a plaything every single year. Can you imagine oh. boys having a plaything? I'm. Yeah. And you share. It makes sense. <laughs> So, I really needed them to be in college. Really- I think, like, my freshman year, I was, like, 12 or 13. Yeah, you were. Imagine. You were 13. That- I was 12. Most people are 13, 14. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, like, I know y'all are, like, rich and stuff, and it's a rich person school, but, like, still. You're still going through puberty. Like, rich doesn't make you go through puberty faster. You might look at the process, but not by much. Puberty is ugly for everyone. Convinced of it. But also maybe I'll make myself feel better. But no, I am convinced of it because I'm a high school teacher. No one's cute, freshman year. And when she was like, am I sexually attracted to this? Or like, why am I getting turned on? I feel like that's the, that's like those books that are like, what's happening to my changing body? And she. She's being like choked in the bathroom and she's like, hmm. 
do I like this? <laughs> I just like, I don't know one guy that was into that in high school. <laughs> That's what also kills me about the high school romances. I'm like, they don't know what they're doing. Like one out of a hundred, maybe know what they're doing. One out of a hundred. Yeah, convince me otherwise. Yeah. Like one out of 50 know how to have sex. Like missionary, you know? And that's after watching like two girls, one cup and other porn videos. And she oh like, Okay, <laughs> so I just unlocked a memory for you. Some of them okay. And I just now can't stop thinking about it. Just like every couple of years, I'll remember that it exists. And I have a moment of being like, was that real? <laughs> like, did I really? <laughs> Gosh. Anyways, so that's how I feel about this particular book. I think it was a lovely foray into, no, that wasn't going anywhere. I think it could have been better. It wasn't lovely. It was not lovely. I think if, I think I would have been a lot more into it if it was adults and if there wasn't as much psychological damage in the way that it was, in the childhood way, I think I would have felt a lot better about it, morally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that would have helped. And okay. then they can go through their whole, like, sexually confusing thing. And also, if someone was seeing a damn therapist in a book throughout all this, I'd feel a hell of a lot better, too. So I read Corrupt by Penelope Douglas. I went into this blind as like blind as you can be where I've like seen stuff about it and people talk about it, but I thought it was going to be a why choose. And right, I, I just thought, found out that it's not. Yeah. Like uh, what? Why do we think that? Why is, I feel like people on book talk are making it seem like it is, or I just am woefully informed. Like I don't understand how no, I, it's, 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 Okay, so the plot line is that there's four dudes. They're like kind of like the kings or the lords. They rule the town on Devil's Night, which is the night before Halloween. They do all these like really big pranks. They're like the basketball captain. They wear masks. And you find out, because the book goes back and forth between three years ago and present. And three years ago... Erica or Rika is the I think she's maybe a junior and Michael who's one of the four horsemen who's like the one of the four dudes he is her best friend's older brother and he and his friends are in their first year of college so there's like a few but there's a bit of an age difference or just like life stage difference not really an age gap but every time the series is talked about, it's like talked about as these four guys. And what ends up happening, I think, is each guy gets their own book and like their own story, which isn't uncommon <laughs> for like friend groups that for that to happen. But the whole plot is about, you find out like through the flashbacks that something happened three years ago that caused three of them, Damon, Will, and Kai, to get arrested and go to jail. And you, like, it's like, she did a very, very good job, Penelope Douglas. Actually, 
I think their pronouns are they. I think you might be right. Okay. So Penelope Douglas, they did a very good job of like slowly leaking out what happened through these flashbacks in a way that wasn't too confusing. So you're going back and forth from the present where the boys are like plotting their revenge against Rika while also finding out what happened, why they were in jail, how Rika was part of it and why they even want revenge and like what their revenge plan is. So that had me like really excited from the beginning. I like was giddy, you know, cause they keep, they kept dropping little small things like I don't know. Just it was really it was really like the suspense was really well done. But the four guys are all like part of this revenge plot and they're like they're part of the history and part of the present and I think that's why it kind of seems why choose cuz you think and I guess most like bully books that I've can think of off the top of my head which isn't a lot but it's usually the group of bullies is the why choose like group. You know what I mean? Yes. And I feel like because they talk about multiple guys and because there is possibly a group scene in the first book, that's why <laughs> I think I was led to believe in my mind that it was why choose. And then when I, I think Mary was when all of them were reading it, she was like, oh yeah, you should, you should check this out. Cause she'd been trying to get me to read Harlequin crew for a really long time, which I finally did. And it was amazing. But but I had asked her about this series and she was like, no, it's not a why choose. They all like go off with different people. And I was like, what? <laughs> My entire world was blown. I was like, I re- wow, I don't know. Maybe I'll reprioritize it. I don't know if I'm as into it now, but I've heard so, I mean, everyone talks about it. So I feel like worth reading. It's a long con that they have going on. To go from a group scene to everyone gets different people. That's quite the con. Also, yeah, interesting. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, it was. We're all at the family party later and like years down the line. And like, I know that I banged your wife, but no one else banged mine. Like, I don't know. It was. Okay. So I'd heard about like the steam room, which is where it happens. And I texted people, the group that I knew had read it. (laughs) Hot. It is. I was thinking like physically, like that's hot. Oh, yeah. No, it was. Lots of sweaty bodies. That was, they, for, like, for anal, one of the, like, excuses they wrote in for, like, without using lube was, like, we were all so hot and sweaty that, like, no lube was needed. That's a lot of sweat. That's a lot of sweat for anal. For that to be a (laughs) No. No, I could not. I could not. Okay, but that's a classic Penelope Douglas move because she did that in Credence. And I was like, this girl, did you guys read that? Mm -mm. Okay, well, without spoiling anything, like there is a scene where it's DP or no. Yeah, it is. And no lube or anything is used. And I was like, this girl has never done this before. They just go into it, like, no prep of anything. Like, I don't even think one of them goes down on her. And I was like, this is kind of cruel. Like, how is this happening right now? Yes. I don't know. 
yeah, it was just like, I was like, why, why? Your face could have gone so differently. Maybe it's because I am. <laughs> they're young and youthful. They don't no. know. <laughs> Heal right back up. Sexy. Or even just like in the casual sense, right? Like we've had conversations about when we, when like they just talk about like a condom or like the crinkle of the wrapper and you're like, okay, great. Protected sex. Phenomenal. Like the snap of the lube container. Great. Yeah. We know that something's happening there. The drip down the back. Great. Wonderful. Safety. Sex safety. Yeah. Well, I guess if you're having spontaneous anal in a steam room with the guy you like's best friend, are you going to have lube on you? Are you going to start with lube? No. <laughs> there. The moment is there, you're going to take it. But there's also like other things they could have done as a group that didn't include that. So I mean, why have none of I that wasn't even a consideration. Like personal choice to do that. So <laughs> romance was their personal choice. <laughs> True. Based off of my knowledge, doesn't seem like there's a lot of lot, lot of dumb con there. Okay, this actually was okay. So. To like give pref, so I'd heard about the steam room. I messaged the group and I was like, guys, is the steam room even in this book? Cause I'm like a good way through it. And I don't see how Michael is gonna be sharing Rika like without killing someone. And they were like, yeah, well, you know, that's like P Doug's like classic ambiguous like why choose threesome like poly vibes and that's definitely what it was where it there was some it kind of reminded me of like in give me more where I know that's like a different situation because they all three did end up together but when red what was her first name Isabel Isabel like let Drake and Hunter like have their time and like she like gave that to them and vice versa of like Hunter giving Isabel to Drake and it was kind of one of those things where like Rika actually initiated it in the steam room and it was there was like they, there was like an emotional purpose behind it other than just like she's our plaything that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> a lot about this situation and this scene, and I am not mad about it, but I started thinking to myself, what happened in the book? Did I? Because I forgot everything. Like, I got so focused on this scene and the lack of lube that I forgot everything about the book. <laughs> I, I, I also but. compared this, like, bully romance to Give Me More, which is, like, a very like consent filled, like thoughtful, thruple book. <laughs> so yeah, basically the book is about these four guys who are trying to get revenge on her after three of them get out of prison. And at the same time, you're getting flashbacks and finding out like why they're in prison, what role Rika played in it. I, I'd say it's like a solid four star. The spice was really good. The like plot I was interested in Rika kind of just like for a good like 75% of the book I like did not know what her personality was 
like her like motivations or like her internal dialogue and her actions like weren't always like consistent or I didn't feel like they necessarily like always tracked or were convincing I'll probably start the second book and if I don't get into it right away I'll probably stop the series because they're like fat books I still need to finish the first one that was my thought as well I was like, are you just going to skip the first one and start the second? I think I got, like... You got the gist of it? I think I got the gist of it. There's... So, like, the main conflict between the people has been resolved. And now there's, like, an external step that they all need to take. So I don't know what that external step is, but it's... So I feel like I could just, you know, ask somebody and move on. I'll probably finish it. Anywho, anywho, let's talk about my favorite boys. I love this series. I have to be honest. I wasn't sure if I would. I I guess I would say that I like I like bully romance. I haven't read so many of them that I would call myself a connoisseur of any by any means. But this one was definitely one of the darker ones. And <laughs> I've been surprised at the tone of the books. So yeah, I mean, I don't know if you want to give an intro for anybody who hasn't read it already or listened to all the other episodes where you talk about it. I mean, it's um, an intro is appropriate. Yeah. Do you want me to do it or do you want to? <laughs> and then, I'm sure the people are like sick of me talking about it. <laughs> okay. Um. Okay. So the Royals of Forsyth University is a new adult college dark romance. The story follows a girl named Story, which has kind of been difficult for me to be completely honest. So I'm not into the <laughs> name choice. Story is our main character. And the three men in the book are Killian, Rath, and Tristan what it's tristian oh my god stop i know really i know i hate it i hate it i hate it i will change things for me right it's like very upsetting it's really gross (laughs) i was also in like a group chat with two other people as they were reading it because i just you know like force people to read the book and then force people to tell me about it as they're reading it and when i told them that they were there was a lot of screaming voice messages <laughs> in disappointment but yeah it's tristian like christian okay i'll try but at this point i'm on book three and like it's in my mind is tristan but christian you never makes your heart happy yeah no we can go with tristan because honestly that's what we all say in our heads when we're reading it anyways <laughs> like when you replace the features of somebody you don't like yeah, I do that all the time. So that's definitely how it's going. Okay, so Story, our main character, is the one who gets bullied in this book. And she basically finds herself in a situation where she needs protection from a dangerous person. And the only thing she can think to do is go back to this force of the university and find Killian Rath and Tristan, who she thinks will be able to protect her because they are pretty dangerous and involved in some pretty dangerous business. So she heads back there. It turns out her stepfather, who is Trish, no, who is Killian's father, 
and her stepfather has offered to pay for her tuition to go to the school. So she heads back there. And in order to get in with the guys, she auditions to be their lady. So it's like very fratty in a way where it's like each one of the frats has a girl that they like claim as theirs. So there's like a lady and a princess and a baroness and all all these. Yeah. So she ends up getting it and uh, ends up having to like live in the house with them. And basically they can like do whatever they want to her. But they have her and Killian at least. And I guess all three of them, they have a history. Her and Killian really have a history. With the other two, it's like a very brief incident that happened in high school that you get into pretty quickly in the book, in the first book. The prologue. Um, Yeah, so it starts off really strong. (laughs) I would definitely say check the trigger warnings because I was like, I was reading it on a plane. I think the second book I was reading on my way home from a work trip and I was like, oh my God, this is getting really dark and sad. And I was like, I was like, I shouldn't be reading this in public. Right. And it was things in public and you're like, maybe I shouldn't. (laughs) No one was sitting next to me on the plane. So I felt a little bit better. Like they couldn't see anything, but it was definitely getting really dark. So, so yeah, I mean, I'm on book three. I don't know. I don't want to give any spoilers necessarily, but that's kind of the gist of our, of the story and how she comes to be their lady. How do you, so, okay. This is actually a question for Kelsey. Since your book ended in cliffhanger, did you get to their like redemption arc yet? Pretty much. It's like, it's like the middle of the redemption arc. Okay. I'm not bothered by anything, but the, the, the like true, whatever, the cliffhanger doesn't involve, not yet, doesn't involve the three guys. So I'm like confident in their ability. Okay, gotcha. Because that's one of my favorite things about... I... Honestly, I don't think, maybe it's also because I haven't finished the book, but the redemption is, like, missing for me in Cruft. But with Lords and Dukes, like, the redemption arc is what is so stunning. And it's, like, the fact that the authors can pull this off. Because it's, like, one thing to enjoy the plot and, like, the dub con and non-con and having that just adds, like, something that's, like, to your taste or not. But then to be able to, like, turn those, like, such bad guys into good guys is, like, it, like, messes with your head. And anywho, how far are you on your, like, I guess book three, like, Mm -hmm. they're working there. Yeah, so it's interesting because I've read a lot of series now and... I would say like the first two books in this series, I was like, there is spice technically, but I would not even really consider it like spicy, if that makes sense. Like with some of them it was, but not like with Killian. So like it feels a little bit better with like Tristan. (laughs) Okay. It feels better with Tristan and a little bit with Wrath before she finds out what's going on. But then once there's, like, spice happening, she, like, is trying to get, like, revenge on them. I was like, this is so messed up. It's, like, very messed up. And you're like, 
it's kind of hot, but it's also really wrong. And like she, there's this scene with Killian where she like basically date rapes him. And like, it's nothing compared to everything he's done to her. But I was like, this is the, uh, this is a bully romance in all the ways. Like, I mean, they're bullying her and then she basically does the same stuff back to them, which I was like, I support this. I guess. <laughs> so it's definitely morally gray. And so the first two books, I was like, wow, the tone of these is really dark. And a lot of really awful things happen to story. And like, this general just like, feeling that Killian has towards her of like, always having wanted her, but basically like hates her because he he's made this assumption about what happened between his step or his father and her in their house when they were younger by like a couple of years, not like super young, but he's like made this assumption about what went down and has like always hated her because of it. And like, that's kind of why he had the bullying. And I, I found that like believable enough that I was like, okay, this works. And then by book three, they've all done things that I would consider like almost irredeemable. And I was like, so now I'm supposed to love, love them. So how are we going to get to this point where I'm like, <laughs> I can, we can forgive you for everything. But I think what's made this one so good is that they've never been, they've never like glazed over the fact that everything they did to her was like basically sexual assault. Mm-hmm. So like the fact they were so open about that and that she calls them out on it and calls it what it is and everything, I think made it even more enjoyable for me because I was like oh okay well it's not like we're just gonna pretend it didn't happen or like she's just gonna decide that she can get past it or something like they have to like work through it as a problem they've identified which I was like this is kind of mature even if it's really messed up (laughs) I like that that adds a lot of redeemable qualities yeah yeah there's after the scene that Bonnie is talking about where she basically like date rapes rapes him he and her and it's like do you know what that's called you know almost like trying to call her out and be like look at what you did and she goes yeah taste of your own medicine and they like they both have to reckon with like what they've done exactly yeah it's almost like she had to do it back to him for him to understand which is like so messed up, but yeah. I'm I'm really impressed with the character arcs in this story. I imagine that it could be healing in the character arc as well for her to be doing this back. Not that I'm connecting to this for real life, but (laughs) yes, just need to make that clear, but I could see how that would be a healing factor. For sure. I think also the thing with Killian is like, He's just, like, such, like, he's just so fucked up in the head when it comes to, like, attachments and, like, love and, like, he doesn't know how to, like, love something without it being, like, a possession or, and, like, the thing with his father, like, I feel like that was, was, like, almost just, like, a tangible excuse for him, but really it was just him, like, having all this internal anger about like not being able to have her and like control her and like hating himself for like this perceived weakness and then 
him like realize that feelings aren't bad yeah that's why I think so I don't know I don't want to like spoil too much but like can we talk about the referee scene yeah yeah we can because I actually thought this was like one of a very creative scene in context too because in the book like you just said Killian like does not understand how to like treat a woman but not only that he like does not know how to love and he's said I think at that point that he loves her but she doesn't really necessarily believe him obviously (laughs) after everything he's done to her but anyway there's a scene where Tristan who is kind of like the golden retriever and loves really cares for her the most out of the three of them and kind of protects her from everyone else he basically plays referee between Killian and Story and makes them hook up while he's there so that he can like make sure that Killian treats her the way she wants to be treated. So he's like coaching Killian through like, like going down on her and, and like how to have sex with her. That's like in like a softer way because he's like really, really rough with her and like, will like bruise her and stuff. And so he like coaches him through this scene. And I, and he's like definitely a voyeur too. Like he, the whole time mm-hmm. they're just like, he has voyeuristic tendencies. And so he's got Story on his lap. And then Killian is like right in front of Story going down on her and then having sex with her while she's like sitting in Tristan's lap. And I was like, oh my God. Like I've read so many books with like m- m- scenes that are similar to that, but none of them really quite hit like that one did. I think because he was doing the coaching and I was like, oh my God, this is like, I don't know, new, new kink unlocked. When Summer and I were going through our series of the Omegaverse, I read about a, I can't remember which book it is, obviously, as per usual, but I read a book and there was some coaching in it with like some of the pack mates and it was very involved as well. And I was like, this is some good shit right here. I I like that but I was like this is and it was definitely like coaching and also like the other person was very involved like the coach was involved too and it was like you could just tell how much it was getting everyone off yeah yeah this that was that's exactly how it felt during this scene but there was also this like emotional element to it that made it even better where it was just like Tristan kind of proving that he can always be the one who like cares for her and is softer and sweeter with her and like will protect her and make sure that everyone treats her the way she's he thinks she's supposed to be treated which up until this point they have not treated her (laughs) kindness at all so good thing to come out of the woodworks with I'm how am I feeling how are you feeling I'm trying to not continue jabbering on because like I just want to keep talking about all of it there's some like more sex coaching and dukes which I'm so excited they pushed back the release of the third one but that's okay Bonnie will give you enough time to read them so you can read out yet them with us I think they just pushed back to November but I'm sorry anywho Poor Kelsey. 
I actually, you know, the more we talk about it, I feel like we've like we've made it seem so terrible, and it is. But I feel like the terribleness has been you've been desensitized to it. But I feel like you could read it. Actually, honestly, I was thinking similarly at this point. I was like, wait, has Summer told me to read this one yet? And I was like, oh no, she definitely has, and it wasn't Kelsey approved. But at this point. I mean, like, I'm getting all the nitty-gritty about it. Okay, like I think you need to read the prologue. The prologue, like, if you can stomach the prologue, then you can handle the rest of the book. And one thing I will say about this one that I feel like is different from others is that, it's even in Why Choose, but also I kind of think in Bully, is that only, I feel like only Killian really has it out for her. The other two, so like the situation that happens between the three of them in like, I think in high school, like right before they leave for college, basically is bad, but, but Tristan and Wrath, like who are part of that, they don't like have any feelings towards story. They don't, they're not like in love with her. They don't really care about her to be completely honest. She like does not matter to them. And so Killian's the only one who has these like strong feelings. So when she does come back, they're like intrigued because they know how Killian feels about her, but they don't like, they're not like, oh, we're trying to make your life a living hell because we hate you. It's really only mm-hmm. Killian who feels that way. And they do treat her terribly in certain circumstances throughout the first and second books. So, like, I won't say that they didn't, but there's not that like underlying hate for all of them against her, if that makes sense, which I feel like exists in a lot of other bully romances. Okay. Yeah. Another bully romance to try here. <laughs> yeah. I just looked it up. I'm getting ready to Kindle download situation. <laughs> this is a big moment. I know. So, I know. Like how many episodes? I'm like trying to contain her excitement. <laughs> I'm like gonna have to mute myself so I can just like scream. <sighs> okay. I'm about to finish that Elizabeth Stevens book, so you know I need something new. When we take our break over winter mm-hmm. I will start summer a Sarah J Moss book <laughs> you haven't read any right they're good they're good books they are good books which okay so Bonnie which one would you say that summer should start with based off of your knowledge of her interests Ooh, I feel like you'd like Crescent City more because it's like grittier but I I think you should read A Court of Thorns and Roses first in terms of like order of how I feel like it will make the most sense yeah but do we think she's gonna even read all of them I don't know actually do you like fantasy because I, I have to be honest when I first started I like fantasy a lot but I feel like people were like, oh, these books are really spicy, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay, they're heavy fantasy books. Like there is spice in them, but they are, you are reading full fantasy, like wars with fae. Like you're not glazing over that. Those are not only a couple pages. The third book is basically all like a war book. And the only book that I would consider heavily spicy was the fourth one, A Court of Silver Flames. In the Roses. Some people don't even consider to be part of it. I had I DNF'd it I need to go back and read it because I was like I'm I kind of they like lost me on the plot in that one because there's no plot have you (laughs) and it's like 600 pages like yeah no plot 
have you finished Crescent City book one and yeah. two? Okay, so you know why you need to finish. Yeah. Okay. I haven't read Throne of Glass yet, though. That's currently on my list. It's on my TBR with a friend. So I'm going to read it at the same time. I'm very excited. Yeah, I need to do that. Oh. Wait, do I need to read Throne of Glass and Akatar before Crescent City? You don't need to read Throne of Glass because I did okay without it. I haven't even read it yet. Would you agree with that though, Bonnie? I said that very confidently. I think, yeah, I think right now you're fine, but I think with the, I think you, sh I think it'll make more sense if you read A Court of Thorns and Roses books first and then read at least books, even just one through two and then do Crescent City. You'd like book two. Yeah, okay. book two is really good. That's what Can I'm I just skip to the one that's like no plot, all spice? Actually, I, hot take, I think it, that could be one of your favorite ones. And I want to go back and reread it because it's super angsty and Nesta is like not a likable character. And I want to go back because I think I might be into that now. I think I wasn't into it when I was reading those like, because I think I finished the third book like right when the fourth one came out. So I was like kind of expecting it to be more like the first three books and it was not at all. And I was like, now I feel thrown off. But she's definitely like kind of an unlikable character. And I would almost consider her like kind of a bully to everybody around her. She's not nice, right? 100%. She takes what she wants. She has no how you, Yeah. How do you feel about her? I think that she is an unlikable character in many ways. I think that she's hurting in a thousand different ways as well and that she was never allowed to express her emotions that's my psychologist yeah. on it and that's what's made her into who she is but i do think that through silver flames we see a lot happen and summer i do think that you would enjoy it so i should start there i can't say that because <laughs> that's like that's like you starting harry potter on the flag. yeah i don't think it's a good idea You'd, you know, you'd be very confused and a lot of things would be wrong. How would you guys differentiate bully romance from enemies to lovers, grumpy sunshine? Like, I've been thinking about it a lot. And at first I was like, I don't know. It's like that quote. It's like by Bill, Bill Clinton or something. And they're like, you can't define pornography but you know it when you see it <laughs> you know you know like that's kind of how I feel about bully romance is like you can't define it but the more I've been thinking about it I feel like I've got a definition Does I think Bill Clinton would agree with you <laughs> <laughs> I'm still thrown by that quote right now <laughs> so somebody you feel like you have a definition Bonnie do you feel like you have a definition yes okay I feel like I have a definition too what are you doing? <laughs> Is she looking up the YouTube of like him saying? Oh, the I'm looking up the balloon quote. <laughs> so it's a Supreme Court Justice Potter Stewart in 1964 delivered what has become the most well-known line related to the detection of hardcore pornography. I shall not today attempt to further define the kinds of material I understand to be embraced within that shorthand description. Like, why are there so many words? 
Jesus. And perhaps I could never succeed in intelligibly doing so, but I know it when I see it. And the motion picture involved in this case is not that. Anywho, doesn't matter what the case is. But talk about tangentially related. Bonnie, what's your definition of Vivoli romance? <laughs> okay, so I think what I did was I had to break down like bully, enemy to lovers, and hate to love. And I would say bully, you're definitely doing something to the hero or the heroine that is like unforgivable. There's like definitely something irredeemable going on in most bully romances where you either do or do not sometimes have a good reason, but you're, you have it out for them. And in like a, I genuinely hope that this breaks them and that something bad happens to them. Like you want this person to be miserable. But I feel like people, there's a lot of discourse, I feel like, on how people call books enemies to lovers. And it's really just like they hate them and it's there's they're not really like enemies. And so I've started saying like hate to love because I was like, I feel like that's what most are actually. And like enemies to lovers is definitely more of like a fantasy mafia style book. I think it works really well in those at least. But then in like contemporary, it can be a little bit harder because it's like, mm -hmm. oh, you work in an office together and he stole a project you wanted to work on. Like, yeah. He's not your enemy. I don't know. Like, I get why we're calling it that. But at the same time, like, they're not really, like, enemies. Um, but, like, bully is so distinct from that. You know what I mean? Like, they're really trying to make this person's life a living hell in every way. And it's not just, like, oh, I hope they're unhappy. Or I don't, you know, I don't care that I took this. It's, like, no, I'm I'm going out of my way to make this bad for them. Mm -hmm. To build off of that, just from my, like, experience limited here it's to continuously go out of your way it's not a one-time thing right which I feel like lovers or just like hate to love can be like a one-time they kind of fucked you over like you need to continue to do irreversible damage to this other person and then you both kind of need to be fucked in the head to then want to get together like really though from my experience as the rom-com person like you really just need to like strongly be fucked in the head to want to say through afterwards no judgment it's true i think it's definitely like the intention to terrorize and like it can't be a misunderstanding it's not like oh i accidentally did this and now you're mad at me it's like thought out strategic like methodical terrorizing Wow, this sounds so romantic. <laughs> and we went how I loved it so much. You know, this is just, I'm looking at everything I say through a new light because when I was out visiting with my family a few weeks ago, I forgot how it came up. I think we were maybe like talking about something, maybe like my books or I don't know. It was somewhat relevant. And my little brother, who I say little, he's 22, but he's like 12 in my head. He's like, oh, well, you can just, you, you can keep going on with like your rapey books. And I was like, <laughs> no, excuse me. I think you did not. And I was like, I was like, yes. Yeah, so like, what, what like episodes have you listened to? Because, oh, that's what it was. I forgot what we were talking about. Gabby was reading my book 
she was asking Wyatt if he had read him and he's like no I'm more of like a listener and I was like oh my god I can't believe you listened to them and then yeah so then I was trying to interrogate him and be like so what exactly did you hear (laughs) and he's like I don't know like I just you know I'll start an episode and then I'll stop and anywho but apparently that's what he picked up so now everything I say I'm like looking at through the light of that one sentence because if I like tear back the fluff and like all the words that I am usually spewing I guess that could be the summary which I don't know how I feel about that that's a you're ripping back a lot though you're ripping back a lot a lot to get to that summary to that particular type of summary so maybe not it's necessarily accurate I think from a untrained ear someone who isn't in the realm of books like every day I learn something new on our podcast right or just in the book realm like I learn something new all the time and we also have to realize that the book world is constantly adapting and we're constantly learning new things and growing as a community as well so with that something we said three months ago is not necessarily true now like take wide shoes to reverse harem mm-hmm. and also just if you don't know any of this back to my original point in your only vocabulary choices are the words rapey then that's the word you're going to use because that's the only word you have that's fair i don't think it's necessarily it though i think it's just a lack of vocabulary yeah i also remember like when he was in like middle school and high school like if his friends made rape jokes i'd like get on them and be like not fucking funny so i and like obviously we've talked about on this podcast so many times how like reading about something is different than condoning it in real life and like treating those situations with respect that they deserve I think we we wrapped up what our definition was pretty well, but we could summarize it again of what we think of bully romances. We are purposely terrorizing someone over and over again to break them down. We want them to be reduced to rubble and to be crying in the corner of their room for the rest of life. That is the hatred and the bullying that we're bringing compared to general hate, which is like, I'm going to play some pranks on you and I'm going to hate you and be very angry at you about something. But at the end of the day, it's rom-com and we're going to be fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, also liked what Bonnie said about it being like almost irredeemable or unforgivable where like it has to get to a certain point where you're, you're kind of just thinking like, unless there's a magic wand and like severe amnesia involved, like, how is this gonna work out the fact that we're defining this right now and i realized that i just downloaded that book summer just a little baffling to me well yeah i mean honestly i am i read a lot of rom-coms too and i'm definitely much more of that genre but like i've gotten more into darker romance 
this year mostly. And I kind of want to make a guide of just like easing your way into it because I feel like I went in just like way too fast. And I think like my, one of my first dark romance books was Den of Vipers, which I was like, why did I read this? I DNF'd it at like 80%. And then Haunting Adeline, which really pushes it. And I was like, okay. And like, you know, it was fine from a trigger warning perspective and everything. I wasn't like, it didn't really affect me that way. But I was just like, oh, I don't think I realized like what dark romance entailed necessarily. And I feel like that's why people will read a book and then just be like, oh my God, this is horrible. Or like, how can you read this and condone it? And it's like, I feel like you're talking about something you don't understand. And this is why easing into it is probably better than like just jumping in and, and just like diving into the darkest one you can find. Absolutely. Like we, Summer and I always joke that like I'm the rom-com while she's the dark romance, but like over the evolution of this podcast and just the evolution of my reading, like I don't only ever read rom-coms. Like I read stuff that definitely has darker elements, but it's taken a journey to get there. And like now when I read rom-coms, I'm like, wow, this is very soft and very fuzzy and it's like I'm holding a childhood blanket (laughs) I want that lots of times I want something a lot dirtier or has something darker to it but it definitely it's a path as you're saying Bonnie like and it's you could do it a gentle way or you could do it the aggressive way for sure oh my gosh Bonnie thank you so much for coming on today yeah this is so much fun I'm so happy we got to talk about this book too and been awesome i'll have to you know let all the listeners know if i read it next time (laughs) bonnie i was on social media where would i find you i'm at bond reviews books on both instagram and tiktok phenomenal and like you said you're you're not just dark romance not just bully romance a lot of rom-com yeah i mean i definitely read a lot of just contemporary romance and everything that falls underneath that but yeah I will I've been mixing in some dark romance lately and I really like it so I'm kind of all over the place honestly I don't have like a niche my favorite trope is age gap so that's the only thing that I say like in my TikTok profile where I'm like I'm gonna talk a lot about that probably (laughs) a good one a good one to talk about it's so ends up so good in books yeah also, I always like women, so I respect that. <laughs> but then also, you, we can consider his name Tristan for this. What, who's your favorite? Tristan. I ranked them for each book. In the first book, it was Tristan, Wrath, and then Killian. In the second book, it was Tristan, Killian, Wrath. And now in the third book, I'm having a hard time deciding but it's definitely still Tristan he's a sweetie I think I got something going on up here because (laughs) it's Killian for me and Dukes it's the other one that everyone's like "Mm, you're not (laughs) supposed to like him but on that note Bonnie thank you so much for joining us thank you and we'll see everybody next week doodles